I don't know if you saw this, but The Mandalorian started its second season last Friday, and um, I actually just binged the entire first season for the first time over the weekend, so I'm all caught up as of about an hour ago, so um, nice. I know what, we wanted... What did you think? Uh, well, dude, I fucking loved it. I love... I mean, I'd seen the first three episodes when they came out last year. I think... For one reason or another, I fell off. I was moving down here to Austin and all that shit. But I fucking loved it then. I love it even more now with everything that happens at the end of season one. With the boy, with um, not the boy, the droid homeboy that has to sacrifice himself. Just all the dope shit that they kind of pulled together at the end of season one from a non-serialized show like this. I was really impressed with like how organic it felt when he went back through and like got together his crew and it was obvious that homeboy Carl Weathers was going to betray him but like he didn't because they saved him I don't know it was just it was really well done as a Star Wars thing it was really well done as a um western and so yeah sorry that was supposed to be quick thoughts give me your quick thoughts the first episode of this set season 2 has really reiterated to me that this is the show that Disney Plus is basing its entire platform off of. This mm-hmm. is its prominent new show, and I think it holds up to it. I wish I wish Disney Plus could put out some other better, like, up, above average shows, but I think for the um, flagship show of a streaming service, it does Disney Plus justice. No, 100%. And I think, you know, look at it this way. This is Disney Plus's... I can't remember which one came first, but this is Disney Plus's The Wire or Disney Plus's Sopranos. Like, they don't get Game of Thrones on HBO without first having those shows. And so, like, The Mandalorian is just the jumping off point. They've got, I think, half a dozen Marvel shows on the way. Like, I know we're trying to talk about Mandalorian, but if we're going to talk Disney Plus, I want to talk it real quick. They've got half a dozen Marvel Plus series on the way, two in the can already with the Falcon series and wandavision on top of like moon knight miss marvel she hulk there's even whispers that they're gonna bring back the og netflix shows for marvel like the punisher and daredevil shows so like i agree it's like it's incredible it's reiterated to me that it is the flagship show here but uh, like it's there's only they can only go up from here you know especially with the fucking stable of content that disney owns there's no end to what they can put out True, true. But, and the the other thing I like that you touched on is that this is really reiterating that original thing Star Wars did when it first came out as it reinvents the Western. And yep. this nearly just leans all the way into the Western. Um, in this se- first episode of season two, spoiler warning, we saw the Mandalorian go into a outpost on Mos Eisley and 
solve some shit that was going on there. Um, and it yeah, and then literally he went out to like, felt like it was like Star most... Wars Western. Yeah, he like showed up. Oh, most it did. I'm or sorry. Something. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking about. I really like that they brought back that um, the mechanic from the first season in Mos Eisley who yeah, like, fell in love with Baby Yoda. Yes, I knew I recognized her. Oh, thank God. Okay. Princess Carolyn. Yeah. Yeah, but it... I can never forget that voice now. Which I forgot, or I I didn't recognize Timothy Oliphant at first, and even had to IMDb him. Um, how how do you gray... like Timothy's cameo? Oh, bro, that gray. That beard? What a man. I mean, my thing with Timmy Oliphant is, like, he's an incredible actor in his own right. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that he basically reignited the love, everyone's love for Westerns in the 21st century with Justified and our boy, Walty Goggins. Like, just the, like, the, on a meta level, the casting of bringing him in to play the gunslinger, or to play the marshal, not the gunslinger, um... But also to first make us think that he's Boba Fett. And like at first I was real hyped. So I was like, yo, are they about to make Boba Fett Timothy Oliphant? I'm pretty sure he was originally a New Zealand dude or a Pacific Islander from that part of the, the world. But you know what? Timothy Oliphant become he's Boba Fett. He's from Hawaii. That's an island. In Is the he really? Pacific. Yeah, Honolulu. Wow. I, he gives off Hawaii vibes, but I just would not have... Like, just he because does. you only ever see him as, like, a, a lone gunslinger. But, you know, no, he does, right? Yeah. I, it's him in, and Tua are the coolest things to come out of Hawaii in the past 30 years. Dude, even when, yeah, no, like, even when he's a hard-ass and stuff, he still just seems super chill and laid back. It's like, you got island vibes, brother. Yeah, he's so, he can be so subtly menacing, too. Like, in, in that first scene where him and the oh. Mandalorian were about to duke it out, I was like, wow, yeah. Timothy Oliphant is being nice as shit and is still about to duel Mando. And he has a chance, it looks like. But I don't know about glad that. It didn't come. I'm glad it didn't come uh, here either. Let, let me define has a chance against the Mando. He would have lasted more than a minute. That's fair. I mean, he is the like lone gunslinger protecting that town. But no, yeah, so back to the Western stuff. That brings up... like. I agree. Obviously, the first season was Western stuff all over the place, but it definitely skewed more towards the space part of the phrase space Western. I agree with you that this one really steers hard into the Western angle because it literally just like there's very few. They're riding Wampas like they're only on speeder bikes for like 0.2 seconds. Otherwise, they're basically using Tatooine dynamite like it really has the feel like there's no space travel outside of him getting there obviously and so it literally is like change those speeder bikes to horses and replace everybody like just change everybody's clothing and this is an episode of any 50s 60s western tv show and yeah, I, I really like that i totally agree i think this is our generations or this century's version of the lone ranger um first there's obviously the mask parallel that we can never really see the lone ranger's face we can't see mandalorian's face um, there's that whole thing. There's the sidekick angle. Um, Lone Ranger had Tonto. The Mandalorian has a little baby Yoda. Um, obviously Tonto was a little more helpful than baby Yoda, but also maybe a little right, bit more problematic. True. True. <laughs> um, but in its own right, um, 
you, Ma- the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda just go together, and it looks weird to see them without each other. Um, no, they, it, it has does. that duo um, of they're just traveling throughout the universe, uh, looking for dude. Looking for I a thought place to go home. I love it. I love that dynamic. I really, I, I'm torn because. Like the beginning of this episode, for example, when they go question that dude at the boxing match or whatever that was, and Baby Yoda disappears for a little bit while that dude's running away, I was like, yo, we're about to see Baby Yoda pull some bounty hunter shit and like maybe not tackle and kill this dude, but like use the force to keep him from running, like hold him in place for Mando to question or something like that. And so we didn't get that, obviously. I mean, he's still a fucking baby, but (laughs) like (laughs) ultimately, I'm why I'm torn. Let me get to the point of what I brought up was I want to see a time jump so that we can see baby Yoda as just not too much older, but like think of like baby Groot to teenage Groot. There's definitely an amount of responsibility that Groot took upon himself as being part of the team. Once he became teenage Groot, I want to see teenage Yoda running around with a little Mandalorian helmet on with his ears sticking out of it, (laughs) helping our boy Mm -hmm. figure his shit out. Because every time, Every single episode, Baby Yoda stresses the fuck out of me somehow. Last I time I thought, I, I, I like how this season is more or less anthology. I like how even last season too, there are really mm-hmm. only two or three episodes that really drive the plot of this show forward. Yeah. Which is another way I think this can be like our generation's The Lone Ranger series as they could, they could easily draw this out eight ten years and you can just turn on any episode especially these standalone episodes and watch them and that's fine um 100 yeah i and like to but, spin it back to timothy oliphant real quick like while you bring up that the lone ranger just aspect of it all he can also be played by someone else entirely like not only by a different person under the mask, but just like, for example, in this episode, when he, um, he being our Mandalorian, when he jumps into the crate dragon's mouth after telling homeboy to take care of the baby, I was like, Oh, I'd be really surprised if they did it, but also it'd be pretty fucking cool if they just started like shuffling the Mandalorian that we're following. And so then Timothy Oliphant takes on Mando's quest. If he had died inside the crate dragon, like, and so there's even ways to, Pedro Pascal gets done with the series after seven seasons, let's say, and Disney's like, fuck that, man. We're going to keep making it, but bring back Timothy. Just he's wearing Boba Fett's armor or fucking Boba Fett is in this episode. Oh, man. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. Uh, if only theory, it didn't though. get ate by a Snorlax or whatever. Um, Dude, he's Starlight. in the episode. He's in the episode. Who? Boba Fett. Boba Fett died. Boba Fett is at the very end of the episode. You sound like a fool right now. Ooh. <laughs> um, no, I may need to go back and watch. It's I, it's the little button scene when Mando is um, he's either walking back with the child or he's like taking the speeder bike. Yeah, no, he's taking the speeder back with the child and that big hunk of meat that they had on the back of it, and it shows them going across the wasteland. And then that is this a post credit? No, it was right at the very end. Like, I mean, you can look it up right mm-hmm. now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain it to you. But then this bald dude. We see him silhouetted. He's wearing like dark robes, and he has these weird weapons on his back. Oh, weird weapons. I didn't think that was Boba though. Look up, look up the actor. It's the so. Oh, is it the same dude from the OG? It's Django. It's the actor that played Django and all the clones. So like at first I was like, oh, that's Commander Cody, and then I like thought for a second I was like, oh wait, 
Boba Fett would look like his father, so mm. <laughs> it's probably just Boba True. Fett. <laughs> um, anyway, but, I derailed yeah. your your Lone Ranger. Good. Um, no, I I was just I was going to pivot that into saying that one of the great things about the show as well, because there's only two or three of the eight episodes a season that really matter. Mm-hmm. Especially in those first eight minutes of an episode, you really don't know which one it's going to be. So I was fully expecting them to go back into, oh, they're on the run. Oh, Giancarlo is about to show up and dark saber the shit out of them. And who knows what's going to happen, especially when they were toying with Baby Yoda being not by the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian Mm -hmm. not being aware of where he was. Um, I I thought we were just going to jump right back into that storyline, but I like that they broke up that pace. Yeah, also, you know, like I had the same thought, especially like when we found out they're going back to Tatooine and stuff like that. But uh, what were you we gonna say? Also, I really, really loved the visual aspect of this show. Um, their budget per episode is fifteen million, and they milked that budget for all it's worth, and it really paid off. With where we are with HD televisions right now, and um, wow, it was. It looked like when you go to a store. And you're like, wow, that picture looks beautiful. And then you take your TV home and it never looks as good as it does. I was like, I'm surprised this looks as good as on this screen on my couch that I'm watching. Dude, it, it's so beautiful. The, what really does it for me is the practical effects. Like, yes, and this is what I've talked to, like, people when I watch it with them, I talk to them about, like, some of the CG in it is kind of questionable, simply because I think of the time it takes or like the money it takes, like one of those variables is off, but like the CG isn't like always Marvel level CG, like the most realistic looking thing, but it is really detailed and really well done. And you can tell there's a lot of care put into it. And so that tells me that they're spending even more time. I mean, just watching it, you can tell this, but they're spending even more time, money and really care on the on the physical effects on the fucking like 15 stormtrooper costume like this goes back to season one but like the 15 to 20 real stormtrooper costumes all the real costuming they rebuilt that entire sections of like they're walking through physical sets it's just uh also while we're talking about this um just for like comparison's sake game of thrones the I don't have an exact quote on like the first couple of seasons. I see the earlier seasons cost six million to start, and that's an episode. Um, season six they got up to ten million an episode. Battle of the Bastards flexed up a little bit that year, and then that kind of became the norm. And the last two seasons were both fifteen million an episode. And so it begs the question: What the fuck is going to happen if this gets to a season seven? Disney has fuck you money. Are they going to ramp this shit up to like? 30 40 million dollar episode budgets again this is the flagship show of this streaming platform and they did say we talked about this on that last spot they did say they have refocused their entire like entertainment business on streaming as much as they still have that theatrical aspect like if that's where their focus is they may be ready to spend some money so i mean so if 30 so if we double it 30 million an episode for eight episodes is 240 million that's still less than what you're going to pay for most blockbuster hollywood movies or like not blockbuster but for like the tentpole shit they're releasing that's 
can you imagine what this show will look like if it gets to like a 20 30 million dollar with it already looking this good that's insane and which i especially when we get to those seven or eight seasons i don't see this series ending without some sort of spectacular gunfight where the mandalorian ultimately dies um 100 percent and just thinking about how spectacular they can make that, not even knowing what the context of that final scene will be. Oh, I already know that's going to be a Battle of the Bastards level production there. God, I hope so. But I really hope. What do you What do you think the show is going to? Where do you think the show is going to go though? Um. Well, short term. Short term, I think. Mando ends up with the dark saber by the end of this season, and I think that may be one of the big, um, not necessarily like reveals, but one of the big happenings, like one of the big shakeups, because it's originally. I don't want to get too much into it. I don't know a ton about it, but it's a originally the dark saber is a Mandalorian ceremonial weapon. That's, to my understanding, which is very limited. So, don't necessarily take this for one hundred percent truth. But anyway. The Mandalorian leader, I think, would be in possession of that mostly, and uh, we've seen it tracked throughout both the Clone Wars series. I know Darth Maul takes it for a little bit, and then it disappears, and then it shows back up in the Rebels series, when I think it's the Princess of Mandalore or something has it. A Mandalorian in the Rebels series is in possession of it, and that's the last time we see it, to my understanding, um at least on screen. I, I think it may show up in one of the books. And But anyway, that is before episode four. And so I'm really interested to see where, at least what, you know, that's an important weapon. It's a big weapon. It's similar to the Elder Wand, not quite as like the same power level, but it's, as a status symbol, it is pretty important. So short term, I think Mando ends up with the Darksaber. You know, long term, I think it's going to be a tragedy. I agree with you. I think Mando dies. I think he dies at the hands of the First Order because at the end of the day, that's what this show is building up is it's showing what happened after the Empire, how desperate people got, how shitty things got, and why the First Order was able to build back up their like hold so quickly. That's what I would expect to come out of it at the end of everything and more directly lead into Episode 7, 8, and 9, though those don't really deserve... Anything well, to bolster um, their shitty ass story, but Star Wars, I, Star Wars made three more episodes. Oh my god! See, I don't mind seven; it's fun. Eight is I like eight. I've come around on it. It's wild and it does some goofy shit that I hate, but it takes a lot of risks, and I respect the fuck out of it for that. I will never forgive Episode Nine though for just undoing all of that and like playing bullshit fan service which didn't even play out as fan service for anyone other than, like, children. And I know these movies are made for children, but come on, man. Like, that's just... Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about The Mandalorian. <laughs> I think I think Mando gets the Darksaber. I think we see the First Order really take hold, and ultimately he dies at the hands of them. And then maybe Yoda is set up as some um, important figure in the Jedi moving forward. So, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think we're going to get a lot of what we got in season one, where it's really only two or three episodes driving this plot forward. I think mm-hmm. John Carlos' character is going to be in the background, and we're going to get a scene or two of him, mm-hmm. like in random episodes. But 
Um, I think it's going to be more of the same, more of just fully leaning into we're making a space western, and and yeah. I am so okay with that. I would watch it for 15 seasons. Yeah, no, I agree. I didn't even bring up Giancarlo in, or Giancarlo's character in my predictions, but just to clarify, I don't think him losing the Darksaber implies that he dies. I actually think that we'll see a really strong juxtaposition of Giancarlo's character with the Mando, especially just the visual aspects of their characters that um, clash. Nearly like a knight in shining exactly. armor. And I think that'll be, you know, and they have history together from we learned in the first season because he knows his name and all that. So Giancarlo knows Mando's name, I should clarify. But I I think that'll be interesting. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think Giancarlo's too good of a villain to be wasted in this series. Um, he's pretty much established himself as the Christoph Waltz of TV shows um, hmm. with obviously Breaking Bad. Um, I think he's headed there with the boys, oh. um, although it does take a little bit off that punch that the because of the Newman reveal. But He's he working with Newman, good. bro. Back to Mando, though. <laughs> True. Um, but he's too good of a villain for the show to completely waste him, and I have full confidence that they will not. So I'm really excited to see where they go with this under the confines that they can't go as dark as Breaking mm-hmm. Bad or as The Boys, but that dude knows how to play Dude, villain. well, you're right. And before we end this, I don't have anything else really constructive to add, but when you say they can't be as dark or as violent as the boys, there's an episode of the boys where they're crawling around in a whale carcass, and then the sand people in this episode are literally digging around in the bloody remains. <laughs> I was so sh- I was sitting there shocked. Like, I know it's TV-14, but I was still like, Disney? I know this isn't human or even real, but like I was, I was impressed, and I was shocked that they showed such a, like, a violent, bloody scene. <laughs> Well, Luke, as you know, the NBA offseason is now in full swing. There's some whispers that we might get an opening day at Christmas. We might get an opening day mid-January, maybe even February or March. I don't know. That's not what we're here to talk about because I want to ask you a question. That question is, are the best players in the NBA taking full advantage of their athletic ability? That is all. That's a great question. Um it's always said that NBA players are the most versatile athletes. So I think this is a pretty important question. We've had athletes like Rico Gathers from Baylor um, played basketball, Ooh. took them to like a Sweet 16, I think. And then he played like four years at tight end for the Cowboys. Yeah, no, that's – dang, I forgot about that. And before we get into this, I do want to preface it as these players are doing fucking fantastic in the NBA. We're not saying they're failing by any means. Like We're just judging them based on their God-given athletic ability. And there's some things that just don't translate in basketball, or there's some things that would translate better in football or uh, like, bowling. Like, damn it, it would be so cool to see LeBron James in a Cowboys jersey lining up and Dude. blocking like Aaron Darnold or something. God, I know it's a meme, but it's it would be terrifying it would be absolutely terrifying the dude is quick as hell he's a freight train he's wider than like two fridges stuck next to each other 
and he's got hands for days. Oh, shit. No, can you imagine? Yo, yo, yo. Okay, so imagine a trick play where it's the, the wide receiver who will, like, pitch it downfield, you know, like after handing it off to the tight end or to the, the quarterback. Little, oh, the flea flicker. Yeah, the flea flicker. Thank you. But instead, it's with the tight end, and that tight end is LeBron. <laughs> oh. I would not like to see 6'9", 250 pounds running after me just fucking, on a football field. But Just fucking, oh, he's so big. He's so quick. That's but so, he would be a phenomenal tight end. So what other players not only can he, would be good in other sports? No. Well, first up, you know, let's go with uh, baby LeBron, Ben Simmons. Uh, what do you hmm. think he'd be good at? He doesn't strike me as the um, smartest dude. In fact... I'd agree uh, with that assessment. Didn't he, like, drop out of LSU after, like, four months of college because they weren't going to make the uh, NCAA tournament? Yeah, college for him was always kind of more of a... um... Oh, I can't think of the word. It was always just kind of going through the motions because he... Coming out of high school, he had the talent to go to the NBA, and he would. I don't think he even showed up for his classes by some of the reports I read. Like you said, he they didn't get into the tournament, and then he just bailed on school before he even finishing his first year, maybe his first semester. I don't want to like put that on him if he did, but I agree. It's not like he would have been, you know, better served going into um, any academic fields. And it seems like if he chose another sport that would require him to stay in school longer, that would definitely be a hindrance to his championship yeah. potential and so so obviously baseball and football are out yeah baseball football i mean even hockey he just doesn't really have the frame for that he's kind of weird for soccer mm. but this is the 21st century luke and i think we have an obvious option here because doesn't he stream i i think he does yeah he would be great in mm. esports yeah i don't know like positions where to put him point guard on an esports shooting shooter team? Is Maybe that what they like call it? League of Legends or some shit like that? Yeah, he he'd hold that middle oh, lane yeah. down, bro. I could see that. Oh yeah. And he could he could um he could recruit a uh, old Devin Booker. Bruh. And they could I think he's a gamer too. I I like that. Uh where you, where do you think uh Luka Doncic could go? See, I thought a lot about this and no disrespect, but as a Dallas Mavericks fan, Luca seems like he just doesn't do a ton of pre-prep. Now, he may do, like, film, and, you know, he obviously practices, but it doesn't seem like he's necessarily locked in 100%, mm-hmm. uh, you know, championship or bust every season. He kind of likes to be kind of go with the flow, lackadaisical, chill. Seems like everyone in the league tends to get along with him. He's just kind of, sh- like, shooting the shit, talking the shit. I... Seems like a really charismatic guy. Seems like baseball would fit him really well then. Because he could just, you know, get the sign in and know what to do for that batter and would also be... Fin- so you think he's a pitcher? What? You think he's a pitcher in no, baseball? No, he's a DH, for sure. Only a DH. He's not even a, in the field? Like, he, he's the guy that plays, like, left field every five games just to... Oh, that's disrespectful. Well, what, what do you think he's going to play? My boy's a short, shortstop all day. Think he's got quick enough hands for that? 
Dude, that is the dumbest thing I've heard anyone say about Luca. Yes, I think he has quick enough hands for that. What do you mean? <laughs> but see, my my one thing with him is I don't think my my one because he has the reaction time, like he the way he makes decisions in basketball games tells me that he would be able to have the reaction time to catch the balls to at least see the ball coming at him and hit it. My one worry with him is that he wouldn't he doesn't have the frame to crank mm. it. I worry about how much power he can put can put behind the bat. And so that's why I don't think he would be like a, a born and bred DH without putting a lot of muscle Hear on him. Hear me out. Know? He could be the air bud of a baseball team. <laughs> just bunt it and sprint to first yeah, base. I mean he just gives off such golden retriever vibes to begin with. Um but. Well, you know who does not give off Golden Retriever vibes? Markeith Morris. Oh, <laughs> Fuck that guy. He does not. I hate that dude. Yeah. But let's eh, see. I mean, I, what do you think he would be good at? Probably hockey. Just skating around and being a dick. Like shoving people into the wall. But doesn't really get a lot done. A lot else done on the court. He's just the enforcer. The guy yeah, I mean, you put on the court to go sit in the box. He already can't do shit in basketball except for hold people down. Is that him? The one that's always grabbing oh, yeah. shoulders and like pulling people down when they try and oh, go? Yeah. yeah. No. One Hockey enforcer all day then. Fuck that guy. But hockey enforcer all day. Anyway, but back to the premier players in the league. Hmm. James Harden is a tough one to place. I had the same thought because at first you think that he's best served in basketball, but you kind of dig in and, I mean, the dude's... He's I think slim thick. 10 or 12 years into a career. He's slim thick. He's never been like cut like LeBron, Russ. Even KD got pretty in shape there for a while when he really wanted to win. Like James has shown an aversion to really putting his body in championship level shape. He also shows an aversion to anything outside of uh, driving occasionally and shooting the long ball. Yeah. And I feel like those two things are pretty key. He really likes ticky-tack things. He likes seeing how he can take advantage of the rules. Um, hmm. He exactly. can make shots. I like He makes shots from a distance, hmm. and he likes to have his gut hanging out. He would probably I rather be playing with a beer in his hand. Oh, 100%. If, I think if he had a beer waiting on the sideline for him, he'd be sprinting off the court every single time. So beer, hmm. out of shape, and just likes to sink it from deep. I that sounds like cornhole. I think that sounds like cornhole. I mean, that's still a televised yeah. sport, so like that's pretty. He'd big still deal. be on ESPN, the Ocho. Um, yeah, I think that works well. He for wouldn't him. have to stay in shape no. for that, or he would have to stay in a <laughs> shape for that, but not like good yeah. shape. Just got to have a shooting arm free and his beer arm yeah. free. Wow. That's it. So, cornhole. Hmm. Damn. Well, let's well let's go with someone that's a little bit more nuanced. Yeah, that's a good way. Of, that's a really good way of putting it, actually. Next up on the list, we have Kawhi Leonard, who it's not really worth talking about his performance in the twenty twenty playoffs. Some shit happened; he fell apart. I still think he's great. Hey, you still think he's great? There's a glitch in his robot version. The bug aired out. Yeah, there was like the the new update that came in pre playoffs. Had a weird crash bug, yeah. and it just those software developers they were working from home with COVID. The update just wasn't as good. Yeah, no. But with all that in mind, he's a very analytical player. You know, especially as he's gotten further into his career here recently, he's really started to 
Well, you can see it. Like, the game has slowed down for him, and he started to control games and look at them. Well, for this is going to be kind of like a doubling up here, but for lack of a better term, he looks at these games like a chess match, which hmm. that gives us our you answer might be right there. Something. I, yeah. I could see him being a professional. Imagine how scary it would be walking into a chess tournament and seeing Kawhi sitting across the table from you. Because you know he's going to be there before you. And you yeah. know he's well, just going to be gonna sitting walk in. on the table. Well, here's exactly... I don't, I don't even think it's menacing. I think... So let's let's play out the scenario. You and I are going in to, to play chess. It's like a tournament Saturday morning. Probably they started gymnasium. like early... Yeah, they start at probably like 8 a.m., 7 a.m. You get there with the janitor or with the person that's turning on the lights, and as you walk in, you just see Kawhi sitting there with his hands folded at the table, just staring straight ahead in the dark. He's been waiting all night. You see the red light in the back of his skull. Um, He pulls his charger out, and then... Yeah, he kind of like stretches a little bit, sits up, and he's just, oh, hello. And then he doesn't say anything else to you until he's beat you in record time and just says, oh, goodbye. And at 6'7", he has to be the tallest person to ever play competitive chess in our fantasy world we're making up. I mean, 100%. I mean, think about just, you might even have to, like, intimidate, like, there's intimidation factors with his height. Not only, like, is he bigger, but you're going to have to get taller tables for him to fit his legs yeah. under. So you're going to be, like, reaching up. And, and so then you're going to be playing like a child. The yeah. of the chess floor. <laughs> It's all mental with him. It's all mental yeah. with him. Another mental dude? Rondo. But I, I don't think chess is for him. Well, specifically nah, he's too, chess. He's too feisty. He likes he likes well, fighting. What about chess boxing? Like, maybe not fighting. He likes I found that on YouTube the other day. I don't think we I don't think we need to go any further with this one. Anyone who doesn't understand why Rondo would be the perfect candidate for chess boxing shouldn't be having NBA opinions. Couldn't agree with you more. Um but speaking of NBA opinions, let's jump on to the, I'd say probably the biggest name that we've left out of this conversation so far, this year's MVP. That's Giannis, for those that didn't know. And First thing we have to consider you know, he here a, is, what sports would that name on the back of a jersey look good on? Baseball's not it. Nah, especially because my first... Well, I guess Yankees don't usually have names on the back of their jerseys, so I'm just sounding like a jackass now. But, uh, I mean, it's got to be something with uh, where he has, like, a wider space. I mean, he's already, like, got wide shoulders, obviously, but even in basketball, it's already starting to wrap around the numbers a little bit. You know, I think we already did LeBron football, but I think Giannis, we just got nailed on the position, but I think he's football, too, simply based on the fact that his name will fit across the back of those yeah. pads. So at 6'11", 242, he's a little slim. He He's pretty skinny. What's his wingspan? What's his wingspan? That's a good question. Do you have that pulled up in front of you? No. I can look it up if you don't. I know it's long. so. But I ask that because I'm pretty sure like, if we put him at wide receiver, he's quick, he's lanky, he's tall, and with a... 7'3 wingspan? Oh my god! So he puts his arm up above his head, and he's ten feet tall, without jumping. And if you've got a fucking Josh Norman like five <laughs> eleven corner on you, oh yeah, 
Like, there's no you just way. Have to, like, even with put a your jump. hand against his chest, and he'll try and run and won't get anywhere. Yeah. You just keep him at arm's length with your four foot go go gadget arm extender, <laughs> put your other one up in the air, snatch that ball. Also, let's talk about some of these. Imagine him laying out, like, foot, like, toes inbounds, and whoever his quarterback is has thrown it out of bounds by, like, five yards, but he's like, ah, what if that Giannis is going to get it. Strategy? We're just going to throw this ball to Giannis five yards out of bounds, and he's going to... Where no one else can get it. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> oh. And at the goal line, or, like, any time he has to dive across the end zone, he can dive from, like, the Dude. seven and still make it. Yeah, Giannis, you're fucked if Giannis gets within 10 yards because it's just a leap. Like, one long stride or, like, one just, I'm going to stretch out and lay for the, like, the dude would be insane. He's he's just, he's so weirdly shaped, he'd be incredible. And his hands, I bet his hands could wrap all the way around a football in the same way, like, you and I wrap around, like, a, a thick handle for something, you know? Oh, no doubt. Because he's got, because if you look at the way he holds the ball. 12-inch oh hands? That's insane. That's insane. The, what so, makes yeah, NFL GMs clean their pants is if their quarterback has a 10-inch hand. Jesus. Yeah, so imagine if your wide receiver has 12 inches of surface area to fucking snatch a ball out of the air on top of being 6'11". I mean, the only thing is I don't want him running... The... Oh, wait, but maybe you do want him running across the middle of the field. I was going to say he's got to be hitch routes and like post routes and go routes, but... If he's crossing the middle of the field and he's two feet taller Got a head full than of anyone steam. else that he's, yeah, and he's just like has his arm up and the quarterback just puts it in his hand and he just holds the ball up above his head. Like, what are they gonna do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wide receiver hands down for Giannis and put LeBron on his team too. Sounds like we need a quarterback for them, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm. Next, let's go. Anyway. We we haven't really gone East Coast yet. Um, that's true. Uh, no, that's true. Yeah. The, We've done a couple, but we did Ben. So let's talk. Oh, yeah. Let's talk Joel. Oh yeah. Hmm. What is he good at? Well, first up, I mean the Harden comparisons are immediate because the dude's been Pillsbury Doughboy for most of his career. I know he's had injury troubles, but like especially recently, he's really struggled to like stay in basketball mm-hmm. shape it seems like so um definitely seems like he likes eating like slacking off those hulu and ads. I mean, we obviously know he likes talking shit he does do those hulu ads and he's always on a couch in them and there's always food around that's a good point so i mean that's just doubles you know just what? reinforces that he loves food we should put him in the hot dog eating contest if for no other reason then imagine all the shit joey chestnut would take from Joel. Joey Chestnut would probably fucking kill himself trying to beat Joel. Just keep stuffing his face with hot dogs until he explodes. Yeah. And then Joel... Oh, but Joel... So, what, wait. Do they have weight classes and hot dog eating contests? Because Joel's stomach is, like, the size of Joey Chestnut's, like, upper That's chest. Like, Because Joel is so much bigger. No, it's only so, uh, gender. They do a male and a female one. So, Joel, who is all of probably, like, 6'11". I should have done a little bit more research on that. Let's right, see. But go on. Anyway, so he is uh so he's seven feet tall. Proportionally, his stomach has gotta be maybe not significantly, but noticeably bigger than someone else. Like a regular sized person. 
that's got to be an advantage in hot dog eating contests, right? Oh, it it can't not be. I mean, I don't think Joey Chestnut has a normal stomach by any means either. But the amount of work that Joel Embiid would have to stomach condition has got to be way less than <laughs> any other professional eater. Ooh. Oh, but um, I still... See, that brings up a good point. If he has to condition, Joel probably won't do it. But he has to but condition doing when, the thing he loves to do. That's what I was going to say. When when the conditioning is literally sit there, just eat as many hot dogs as you can. He'd yeah, be like, find a job you love and, like, and you'll I never guess. work a day in your life. God, dude, getting paid to eat like that, I'd love it. I bet Cat would love that too. Yeah, but see, Cat's very competition averse is the kind way of putting it. Yeah, because remember, Jimmy um, so I think Butler some... was always like, yeah, Cat won't get it off his ass. He plays 2K till 10 a.m. Or 2 p.m. 10 a.m. You're, you're totally right. And Jimmy did say that, but I didn't need Jimmy to tell me that, to see that Cat oh, don't got it. Like three years in where he refused to step up and take over that team. Fuck that guy. And he just so, always looks to really. He does. And... I've heard he likes swimming. I've seen pictures of him swimming a lot, I feel like. So, hmm. you know, let's take let's take away the competition of hot dog eating contests. Let's keep it simple. He seems kind take of like an shit artist. Talking. Like, he likes he making does. things. And so let's let's let him get a little high. Let's let him make things. Let's let him swim. And let's enroll him in underwater wow. basket weaving. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. There's no competition. He can do that by yeah, himself. Yeah. He doesn't even have to talk to people. Yeah. I, I th- That's really I it. I think that yeah. works great, but... Back to our football team, though. We we have our tight end. Ooh. We have our wide receivers. Yes. Who should we put at quarterback? Yes. Hmm. Well, CP3 you know, there's a lot of good point guards would, in the league. He, he could command yeah, an but, offense. See, the thing, my problem is, like, point guard skills don't translate to quarterbacking skills True. necessarily because, a, like, a, a basketball pass is different than a football pass. So you're going to need someone who's ready to fight and die for their team that's going to inspire men mm-hmm. on the football team and like just someone Ridiculous that guys will vision. follow into battle. Exactly. Ridiculous court vision and like an engine that won't fucking quit. I think we just mentioned and it. We saw that man in the NBA finals. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Yeah. That's got, which is Ooh. see. And the thing is like a lot of people may think since he's not a guard since he, or not a traditional guard, not a point man, you know, he shouldn't be running an offense, but I'd argue that, he is as much of a point man as you can be when you're a small forward playing in the systems that he's played in. Uh, I mean, he even grew up being a point guard, to my understanding. So he's got, like you said, he's got the court vision. He's got the intensity. He's got the drive. He's got the leadership skills because he fucking pulled together that little scrappy Miami team. And he's six seven, so, so he's built like Carson Wentz. Oh. Can you imagine him on yeah, the line? Like, oh, you were saying Eagles Michael Vick earlier. Yeah. Oh my like god. Like a Michael Vick or like Jalen Hurts last year for OU. Just let him run downhill at people with a head full of steam. Yeah, I think he's closer to a to a Jalen Hurts or a Blake Bell type, just bulldoze anyone that's in front of him. <laughs> Rather than like a Michael Vick or a Kyle. <laughs> I know, Hunter, I don't want to be really in front quick of him. and shifty. Yeah, one hundred percent. Can you imagine oh, six seven with pads coming at you and his Intensity and like cavalier attitude towards his own life in relation to winning. For real. You know who else I don't want coming at me though? Raymond Felton. That dude could get some say. momentum behind him. Papa Ray. 
I mean, especially going downhill. I mean, I, all the love in the world to him. He was one of my favorite Thunder players when we had him, but he may be the roundest NBA player. He's the most out of shape, in shape NBA player. Dude, it's crazy. He's he should be the president of Thick Boy Nation. Oh, no doubt. And with at least three C's. Yeah. Hmm. And speaking of C's, there's cheese starts with C. And there's that competition in England every year where they just throw a wheel of cheese down a hill and let these people literally kill themselves going falling and tripping down this hill. I would love to see Raymond Felton yeah. doing that. One hundred percent. I want to see him cheese roll. The like the important thing to note is also it's not that they're chasing this wheel of cheese down the hill on their feet. They literally <laughs> just roll down the hill. And his low center of gravity or his low center of gravity, low center of mass, his small stature and his roundness. He's getting to that hill faster than anybody. Down. Honestly. Yeah. So yeah, Ray Ray Felton cheese yes. rolling. One hundred percent. Simple physics, really. Now, let, let's go to someone we both love, though. The Brody. All right, all right. You want to talk Russ? Well, we've done a lot of football. I've always thought he would be a good, like, wide receiver, a good cornerback, a fucking amazing linebacker, but we've done a lot of football. The fact with like Russ his... is, whatever we're going to yeah. put him in, he's going to give it his all. He's athletic as all exactly. get out, so he's not going to be bad at the sport. So yep. we need to find something that really leverages that killer instinct he has. Well, not only that, but in a certain to a certain extent, if you look at his career, I feel like though he is a team player, his true ability and true like killer mentality has been held back in one way or another by the teams he's been on. So he might be better served in a sport that focuses on individuality overall. And so we got golf. Oh, you know, I'll say it this way. I don't want him to. Yeah, we got golf. We got. Yeah, but like golf, that's not. He's not golfing. Tiger was the most intense golfer that we saw. And like, he wasn't even all that intense comparatively like to other. Don't get me wrong. Golfers. I would I love think... to see a Russ long putt celebration. It just doesn't feel right. It still yeah. feels like he's wasting part of it. Because he, but just he loves to yeah. fucking fight and scrap and will murder somebody on a basketball court. Basically has all the qualities of someone that you don't want to be locked in a cage with. So I think we should start locking people in cages with him in the UFC. Oh. Someone might literally <laughs> die. I think a lot of people would, man. Can you So imagine Russ's, like, just his physique on top of 15 years of MMA experience rather than basketball experience. I think that, and he's so quick, like, that's fucking terrifying, dude. He's like, what, he's like 6'5", six, 6'3"? Six, yeah, 6'3 I, I, sounds right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so he's 6'3", so he's got the height. And his six three two hundred. Oh, and his oh man, dude, no, hands down, his wingspan is six eight, so he can fight other dudes at six three and be five inches further from them on because on average the wingspans will line up with the heights, and he has like that's that can be a pretty significant reach advantage. One, mm. Oh, that's I, dirty. I might actually watch USC. Dude, just imagine his like walkout too. How terrifying. Also, how terrifying it'd be to be the other guy in the cage with him. They're like, yeah, we're going to lock the door now. You're like, no, <laughs> no thanks. Mm. I'd like to forfeit. 
Yeah, just watching him. I think he would always be the first one in the ring. And when the guy walked out, he would just sit there in the middle of the ring with his arms crossed, staring dead in the eyes of the dude walking out to face him. And you would probably see that guy piss his pants. God, dude, that'd be, that'd be so terrifying. You know what wouldn't be terrifying, though, is whatever Steph Curry decides to do. True. And Well, whatever we give him, it's got to like barely even be a sport. He can't play football. He'll explode on the field if he gets hit. Yes. See, that's why, like, he maybe could be, like, a like a Beasley-style slot receiver, but then I'd start thinking just a little bit longer about that. I'm like, nah, he's too little, too fragile. Like, he wouldn't have made it three years in because in the NBA, his ankles and knees mm-hmm. were exploding. So, like, that wouldn't have worked out in the NFL. Like, maybe he, bowling, he seems like a, like, he seems like he would enjoy, like, a bowling shirt and... Yeah, he does. He's pretty cheesy like that. I don't know. I think he's definitely in the rust camp of something, maybe not held back by his team, but something, he deserves something more individual. So, you know, bowling like we are talking about, UFC, but nah. I mean, no. Like, 100% no. That good Christian man? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, he's been in a few golf tournaments, though, hasn't he? Like, with, um, he was in that yeah, one with Yeah, he's been in Tom at least a couple Peyton. pro-ams. He, yeah, he's pretty fucking good at golf, too, I think. Does, I think he even has, like, a golf sponsorship. So I think I think I we got to go golf, then. Yeah, I think we've answered our question before we even got here. So, golf, I mean, the dude, like, I've heard people say it where they wouldn't be surprised if he, when he retired from the NBA, if he went on tour with the PGA. Like, he's apparently that good. That would so. be fun. That would be fun. That would be cool. But It'd be cool... I want to take this little moment to take a tangent. It'd be cool to see golf turn into that. Not necessarily like degrade the league or the game's status, but it'd be cool to see pro athletes who are past their athletic prime in other sports take that mindset and that competitive and like that fan base to golf. That would be so and much And so we fun. could see like Russell Wilson, LeBron, Steph, and like Derek Jeter in a golf tournament on the PGA one weekend. On top of like Phil Tiger and Rory, that'd be pretty dope. But yeah. let's get, let's get. We can. I I'm think gonna, there should just be a pro talk more about that. to every golf tournament, even the Masters. I or even I'd just like a, like a pro am sponsored, like a oh, like an NBA sponsored pro am golf tournament. Yeah, in the off season, but like multiple. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be dope. Anyway, well. You know, we brought up Curry. They're, him and Clay obviously weren't all-stars this year because of their injuries and the Warriors. And, you know, Clay, he really just – I feel like he deserves a break, man. He He's always running around for that team. He's always playing defense on usually against the best guard, the best wing if he's shorter. And, you know, Clay said to himself, all he really wants to do is hang out with his dog, Rocco. And he does always he likes stone. weed. Exactly. So we need to find something that's pretty chill, that he can take advantage of his quick hands and his fast feet, as well as like his pinpoint accuracy. Mm. And one that he can probably like be stoned most of the way through. Yeah. He he seems like a guy that likes to be cold. Um, I like, like he looks good in like a jacket and pants. Yeah, yeah, he does. What about curling? His hair matches. You know? I think that's 
perfect. I mean, the dude can drain it, so he can hit that bullseye or special circle in the middle that is called something other than a bullseye and curling. I don't know how curling works. But also, like, he can just get super stoned, show up, and be like, nah, I'm not going to throw the rock today, man. I'm just going to sweep. Yeah. And he uses his fast feet and his quick hands and just gets high as hell and just, like, <laughs> just sweeps the fuck out of that ice. And bro. just imagine when he does, like, do the rock, the form, the grace he would have as he, like, slides down it with his foot, like, cocked out behind him. That's what I'm saying. My guy is strikes me as somewhat of a renaissance man, and I think he would truly devote himself to perfecting the form of curling and see it as an art form, mm-hmm. an extension of his like self-expression. So I agree 100% that it's got to be curling. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about most of the big names in the NBA, except for one. Um... Yeah, there's one pretty important one that we missed out on. I... Uh... I noticed about halfway through. Kevin Durant. I don't care to invoke his name, but yeah, there we go. Kevin Durant. Snake. Um, uh, first of I all, mean, our obligatory, fuck this dude. Yeah, fuck that guy. I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, everything we've gone through, I'm sure he would do fine at golf, curling, even football because he's tall and lanky but he's so he seems so fragile for football both physically and mentally i don't know if he could take the shit that football players would talk exactly see nba fan nba stars are is exalted the right word or exalted Mm -hmm. a lot more often than any other league i feel like like aaron judge for example mike trout are both supposedly two faces of the mlb we both never hear about them and only hear about them when people are talking shit on how we never hear about them. So I don't know if he could stand not being in the spotlight there. I agree with you. I don't think he could take the football pressure of like just the way those games are just viewed differently. The fans will turn on you in a second, Mm -hmm. whereas the NBA fans will give you like the benefit of a doubt for an off night or things like that. And he's from DC. So if he played football, he'd probably want to play for the football Uh, team. I mean, Honestly, I think he's perfectly suited for basketball, but if he, at least athletically, I think he's perfectly suited for basketball. The only other thing I could really see him doing is being like some kind of tax specialist yeah, with yeah. crazy high anxiety in downtown NYC, but I'm talking like H&R Block at best. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely has a trashy Coke dealer that he buys an eight ball off of every week and Matthew McConaughey. Exactly. And, and he's betting like putting shitty bets on shitty games and mm-hmm. losing all of them. And Thinks then his anxiety gets worse because of that. And then he... It's just... Yeah, Probably I, think, can't even... I think basketball is where he's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, I don't think anything else would work out for him. I started thinking baseball because like, he could catch the ball, but again, like I worry if he gets hit with a, like, a ball on the arm or if you know, he gets arm. called a name from the crowd because he's so much closer to the crowd at least eh, kind of but you get what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. well i uh i think that's all we got for these nba players I, we covered most of them i'm ahead south then all right brother wings up